Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. come to a time of confession. Let us pray together. God, we like boxes. We like to build boxes and categorize the world. We like to put people in boxes, especially when we refuse to take the time to get to know them, to hear their stories, to see their humanity. Forgive us, God, For you live beyond boxes of human conception. You call us out of paradigms of exclusion to a newfound order of love and care. Break open our minds so that we might continue to be transformed by your Holy Spirit. And now hear our silent prayers.
friends, hear the good news. We've been told that there is nothing that we can do, nothing in this world that can separate us from God's love. In Jesus' name, we are forgiven. We are loved, called to love. Forgiven, called to forgive. Let us live in peace with God and with one another. Amen. And now for Holy Interruption. Hey, Downtown Church. This is Kristen Vick. I've been a part of Downtown Church for coming up on five years. I showed up almost on accident after seeing a random post on the internet and have been continuing to show up ever since. I was drawn in by the music and the teaching and I've stayed for the community of people that have cared for and supported me and challenged my expectations of what a church family looks like. I've seen DTC go through a lot of changes in the past five years, but the core identity remains intact. If this was an old school holy interruption inside Central Energy, you'd probably find me off to the side, speaking quietly to one or two people, or sitting and waiting for the sermon to start. And I know I'm not the only one who does that. I think that's what I love and miss the most about being all together. There's room for loud and quiet and serious and funny all at the same time. I miss you all and I can't wait to see you again. It has been a week. It has been a week. On Wednesday afternoon, we couldn't shield our eyes, even if we tried. We saw images of a mob taking over our nation's capital, and then we heard the terror in our nation's leadership hiding in a bunker. We can't help but feel afraid, angry, helpless, determined to do something, tempted to demonize or scapegoat, to find someone or something to blame. And all of those responses are human. They all make sense. The question that emerges is, Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Well, our scripture text today is about the wise men who go to see Jesus. And I'm going to paraphrase it for us now, but I invite you to read it on your own. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born, the wise men saw a star rise and they followed the star to Jerusalem, asking, where is this Messiah that has been born? And King Herod and all of the people living in Jerusalem got afraid of this new leader, a baby pronounced by foreigners, king of the Jews. So they assemble their priests and they discover that the scriptures say it will take place in Bethlehem, and the wise men go. And they find Jesus with Mary, and they are overcome with joy. And they are warned in a dream not to return to Herod. 
all over this scripture is the same question. Where do we go from here? The wise men ask, where do we go from here? When they stop for directions in Jerusalem, Herod and all the city rulers ask, where do we go from here? When they learn about the newborn king and Mary and Joseph ask, where do we go from here? Once they have this baby and they learn later that the king is out to destroy him. Where do we go from here? God answers that question for us. For the wise men, there's a whisper among the stars. The language that they speak, it leads them where they need to go. And then once they arrive and see Jesus, there's another whisper that comes and tells them what to do next. For Herod and people in the city, there is a whisper of what is coming next, but they don't, they don't want to listen. And then for Mary and Joseph, they, there are these whispers that come in the voices of angels telling them about Jesus' birth and what it will mean. And then in the verses following the wise men's visit, there's another whisper that comes to Joseph and tells him, take Mary and Jesus and flee, for where you are is no longer safe. All of these whispers answer the question, where do we go from here? This week, I have been drawn inward into myself and into God's word, listening for a whisper. God, where do we go from here? How do we find who we are as a people, as a nation? God, where are you right now? And how can I be with you? And as I ask those questions, this whisper emerges and it starts from within. I hear the whisper say that what is next is what I've known all along. And yet it takes some time for me to come to terms with it. The whisper is telling me to love. Love who, you might ask. Love all people, those I love and those nobody loves, those I agree with and those I vehemently disagree with. Love, the whisper tells me, anyway. And believe you me, I have tried to follow other voices. I chased down anger with divisive thoughts on us as a people, and I ended up sowing division that is creating the very disaster I see. And I chased down sadness, and it left me empty, so empty that it took another whisper of nature to awaken the spirit within me. And I chased down fear and all the worst case scenarios I could think of, and it left me spiraling in a haze of confusion. When all along, I know something to be true, a whisper telling me to quiet down again, to return inside. You know what to do. Love. Love, even when it's hard to do. Love, even when it doesn't make any sense. Love your brother and your sister, even when they are acting a fool. And let me be clear, this doesn't mean that you let your brother or sister continue to act foolish. Call out evil when you see it. We got to hold ourselves 
and each other accountable to our actions. Yes, that is a vital part of any true kind of love. Love, the whisper of God says, anyway. Lucas and I were talking this week, and he said, what if we took the words of Jesus seriously? When Jesus tells us to bear one another's burdens, to weep when others are weeping, and to love one another, could I do that? Could we? Could we let God be judge as our creeds say, Christ will judge between the quick and the dead? Can we let God be judge and love one another right now? That might be the hardest thing to do. When I was in seminary, my second year, I was struggling with what place Jesus had in my faith. I spent a year, the first year of seminary, learning the Hebrew language as part of our seminary requirements, and I studied the Old Testament in its original language, and y'all, it was like discovering God for the first time. We didn't read the Old Testament a lot growing up, you know, beyond the greatest hit stories of the Bible, and, and the mystery of God, our Creator, our Father, our Spirit, and the deep faith of the people in God, it took me by surprise. At that time, I was sensing God's presence so much there that I was actually considering dropping out of seminary and becoming a rabbi. I wanted more time in those early scriptures, more time in the Hebrew language. And at the time, I was also working at a local church in downtown Atlanta with some youth. Many of the youth in this church were second-generation Latinos. Some, their parents were from Guatemala or Honduras or Mexico. And to my quick, judgmental eye, I thought they all had a lot in common with each other. Growing up in, an, in urban Atlanta, their language, primary language being English and their parents being Spanish, I thought, I thought they were all friends. Well, lo and behold, one Sunday, they told me a story that gave me my faith in Jesus again. On a Sunday afternoon, I was spending my afternoon with them planning the upcoming Youth Sunday. They had chosen to preach a scripture where Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And as we were building this sermon, I asked them this simple question. I said, when have you loved your enemies? And they got real quiet. Like for a, a long time, they were quiet and, you know, not making eye contact and getting distracted. And finally, someone spoke. It was one of the high school boys, maybe... 15 years old. And when he spoke up, the whole room went silent. Everyone was on pins and needles listening to what he was going to say. And it turns out everyone in that room knew that he was in a gang at school, except me. It was news to me. And he didn't make eye contact with me when he was talking he just started telling us about this one day at school. A text message went around his gang about attacking this kid the next day. The kid they named was also part of my youth group. 
He was at the age when gangs attract new members, and his older brother was a part of an opposing gang. Well, the young man speaking told the whole group about how he struggled with what to do next. He was loyal to his friends. He knew what being disloyal to them meant, and yet he knew this kid. He went to church with them. He knew this kid's grandmother's name and how loudly she sang on that front row. So he took out his phone and he called the older brother and he said, look, don't ask me any questions. Just make sure that your brother does not come to school tomorrow. And he hung up. Well, by this point, I'm in tears. Out of my love and pain for these boys, I see the forces of violence and fear and hate dividing them. And also because I knew in that moment that I couldn't let go of Jesus, not ever. Jesus does this to us. He compels us to have compassion for our enemies He shows us how to love beyond the limits of hate and greed and fear that we create. Jesus says time and time again to us, love. There's much to process about the events of this week, and I'm not going to wrap it up nicely in one sermon, nor do I expect that you and I are going to fall in the exact same spot as we process it. I do know that God is speaking in the whispers when we listen. And I do know that God's will is at play, even though I I cannot see it fully and I do not understand. I do believe that we can hear the whisper coming in response to our question, where? Where do we go? from here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When all your hopes are shattered And you feel like your soul is a sea your dreams are lost and battered Your heart is bruised and shattered You can't feel anything Love anyway Love anyway When your world is gone to hell No story left to tell Love anyway. I have been a long lost pilgrim. Built my home on fragile faith. I've been the victim and the villain. I'm still the father to my children. Owner of a heart that's so changed. Love anyway 
Pride and tenderness, all those failed attempts. Joy and happiness, joy and happiness, joy and happiness. Love, anyway. Hey, Don. Hey, Lucas. How are you doing on this rainy day? I'm tired. Tired? <laughs> yeah. It's been a week. It's been a long week. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm enjoying this decaf coffee. It's bringing <laughs> me some comfort. It smells good. A little bit of caramel uh, coffee, coffee made in there is helping me out. Um, great sermon. Beautiful sermon. Challenging. Probably one of the hardest words to hear is to love our enemies, to love anyway. And so, like, why is love so hard? I was about to ask you the same thing. <laughs> I asked first. Uh, love is hard because it requires us to be honest with ourselves and with each other. Love is hard because it requires us to get outside of our particular view of reality and of the world and show some compassion, uh, empathy for someone else. Love is hard because ultimately if we're following the example of love in Jesus, it is a self-sacrificial love. It's a living for others. And ultimately that's really hard for me at least to do. Mm. I mean, I thought all through this sermon about, I mean, Christ atop the cross saying, Father, forgive them. Like Jesus loved the people that were berating and brutalizing and Matt, like just hanging him on a cross to die. And then that, um, and sometimes it's, it's hard to take the words of Jesus seriously. It takes a lot of um, like loving your neighbor. I once heard, yeah, I'm, I'm cool to love my neighbor as long as I get to pick the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Bible says love your neighbor a couple times, but it says love the stranger and love the exile and love your enemies many, many more. Um, I think I oftentimes like to look over those passages of like, oh, Jesus didn't really mean pray mm. for those who persecute you. Not that I've ever been persecuted, but um, it's easy in this day and age to find people that we might hate or might want to completely other ourselves from um, to... 
try to get rid of any guilt or shame that we might feel within ourselves of our own inadequacy and our own need for grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it made me think of this, this interview by Nadia Bowles Weber, and she was talking about loving, um, loving your enemies and loving people. And her take on it was, you've got to love people even when you don't mean it. She's mm-hmm. like, if, I, if I've got to wait to mean my love for everybody, I'm never going to love some people. But if I can figure out how to love people, even when like, even when I don't want to, that's when Jesus is going to show up. Mm. And I know there's, that's, it's, it's hard, kind of hard to conceptualize, but I like that because it, she's very honest about the call from Jesus is hard. It is. Like, where do we go from here? That's, that's hard. It is. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, you know this, maybe not everybody else knows this. We are recording on Friday this week because uh, we typically record on Thursday. That's our our rhythm as a team to give time for production team to pull things together. And um, on Wednesday, I'd finished my sermon and then things took place Wednesday afternoon and I knew Thursday morning that I needed to spend some time in the Word again and, and write a whole new sermon. <laughs> and um, I think what was what is hard for me and perhaps this is true for you and others, is that there is our reality. Like there's a reality that's shifting every moment that we have to pay attention to. We have to acknowledge that we're probably only seeing our narrow view of reality, but there's reality that we have to acknowledge. And then there's usually some grief wrapped up in reality, it not being what we want it to be or loss. Um, And then there's this next step of moving forward, which is where I'm inching us toward in the sermon. And what I want everyone to know, and I, I think I'm even telling myself today because things will change between now, Friday, and Sunday morning when a lot of people hear this, is um, it's okay if you're just taking in the reality right now. Mm. It's okay. And it's okay if you're just grieving right now. That's okay. Um, and it's okay if you are trying to move forward, trying to find peace, trying to find um, stability or what what's going to be next. Uh, all of those things are okay. And a lot of times they all kind of happen simultaneously. You know, we kind of bounce back and forth between each one. But I just, I do want people to know it's okay where you are Mm. and that you and I are here and Charles is here to listen and to care for each other um, because it it is hard. Our reality right now is very hard. Well, it makes me think of one of the core um, values of downtown church is we accept people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. And another way to say that is, hey, we accept people when whatever emotions you're feeling right now. And whether you're looking inward, whether you're looking outward, whether you've got that perfect Facebook post that says how you feel right now, or whether you can't even look at a computer and um, validate it. I think if one thing Jesus did is he just affirms the difficulty of human existence. And, and and with what happened this week, I think we all are going to react to that differently. And, and whatever baggage we bring along, whatever um, agenda we might have, whether we know it or not, like that's, that's very real. And um, one of the things I love about downtown church is we are a community that doesn't all think the same. Um, but this week, is, is, it's been tough. And it, I think it's been a time when I've found myself praying more than I normally do and going to God for wisdom. Um, and also just hoping to hear that whisper. And I, I love that metaphor, that imagery that you use of the whisper of God and how God sometimes speaks in the quiet. And I'm wondering what, 
what practices do you have that, I know you walk probably like 30 miles a day. I see you walking all the time. What practices do you have to really try and hear the whisper of God, try to get out of your head, get out of the news and all the stuff that's going on around us to, to listen to God? I do walk a lot. <laughs> it's like the safe thing to do when you're get, pregnant. Get them steps you know? in, 10,000 a day. I'm trying, I'm trying. Uh, yeah, walking helps me, especially if I can put my phone away um, and pay attention to what's around me. Uh, just silence. Like this morning I woke up at five and I get why people wake up so early. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. I do not like waking up that early. But just being in the darkness and the silence of my home um, this morning, it, that quiet externally really does help me quiet on the inside too. Um, obviously reading scripture, although sometimes that can be distracting too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I um, there's a lot there to take in. So a lot of times it's just meditating. It's finding real silence and not talking as much to God as I am listening hmm. or asking a lot of questions. That's what I found myself doing this week was just, as you can tell in the sermon, just asking God the big questions that are on my heart and in my mind. I think like curiosity and, and asking questions is such a holy practice that unfortunately some Christian traditions really um, criticize asking questions as a lack of faith when I think asking questions is the best way to grow our faith and grow that relationship with God. That's awesome. Yeah, over the New Year's, I found myself on an island off Key West um, camping with my fiance and we had no cell service. And it was great. And every morning I would wake up in the tent and I would not look at my phone. And I would go outside, I'd get the charcoal going, get coffee going, and just sit and watch the birds fly and listen to the sounds. And I know that's an extreme situation, but like I think of this morning I woke up, first thing I did was check my email. I'm like, well, that's not giving time for God to speak. That's, that's It's me immediately jumping to my to-do list and just how to develop those daily practices of, of leaving space for quiet of leaving space for um, the interruption of the Holy Spirit, like you always say in your benedictions, which I love, because it'll show up. Mm-hmm. It'll tell us to love anyway, even when it's hard. So with that being said, let's go to God together in prayer. Let us pray. God of the world, God of this messy, complicated, beloved world, Meet us in our complexities. Meet us in our doubts. God of Herod, God of the Magi, God of Jesus, remind us of the roles we play in the world. Fill our hearts with compassion. Make our hands tools of healing and love. God, we pray for those who know loss and pain all too well. We pray for those who've received difficult news of diagnoses, job applications, college admittances, and death. We pray for those who live lives much harder than ours, for those who sleep on the streets, for those who deal with constant medical difficulties, for those who struggle with addiction, homelessness, domestic violence, and hunger. God, comfort them and spur us to comfort them as well. God, we pray for this nation. We pray that it might live up to the call that you have given us to love our neighbors, to love you. 
God, we ask for courage in dismantling the cultures of white supremacy and hatred. And God, we also ask the courage to realize our own apathy towards such injustice, especially when it is painful or difficult to do so. We give thanks for the gift of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Help us to live lives that honor his teachings, that spur curiosity, and that radiate the joy and hope that only Jesus can provide. Hear us now as we pray the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before Thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the darker doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. All thy works with joy surround the earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around the center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow Singing bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. God of glory, we adore thee. Joyful, joyful. God of glory Thou art given and forgiven Ever blessing, ever blessed Wellspring of the joy of living Ocean depth of Christ our brother, all who live in love are thine. Teach us how to love each other, lift us to the joy divine. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. 
portals join the happy chorus with the morning stars begin. Father, love is reigning o'er us. Brother, love binds man to man. Ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music leads us onward in the triumph song of life. Teach us how to love each other. Lift us to the joy divine. Receive now this benediction. God is with us, and God will guide us through. And so as you go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you, and with all those you love, and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give. A special thanks to our technical team and artists of all forms. Musical composition and vocals brought to you by Admiral Radio. Audio mastery by Drew Parker. Turn, turn, turn by The Birds. Gloria Patry by City Hymns. Love Anyway by Drew and Ellie Holcomb. And Joyful Joyful by Henry Van Dyke. Music covered under the license CCS 11209. Scripture is quoted from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible and Theological Musings and Prayer brought to you by Lucas Jones and Don Hyde.